fought for our land, for our people and for what we thought was right. But then we heard the loud voices of support from the LGBTQ community all over the world. These were the voices of the brave and proud who did not stay silent when we were in need. Their support opened our eyes. They made us realize that there is a more important battle to fight. A battle for equality and the right to love. They made us realize that it is okay to be gay. We've used to suppress, now we express, our fabulous pride, there's nothing to hide. We had time to reflect. And we finally understood that while we were trying to fight the Jews, we were actually fighting ourselves and our inner desires. But from now on there will be no more hiding, no more shame, and no more fear. Queer people around the world made us realize, who our true enemy is. Spoiler alert! It isn't Israel but intolerance. So today, we fight a different battle, a battle for the right to love. The immense support of the queers for Palestine movement has opened a new perspective for Hamas and taught them that they had to do a rebranding. From now on they called themselves Hamas, embracing their new journey of acceptance and love for butts and fresh meat. In a world craving change, sometimes the most unexpected voices lead the way. Witness the story of courage, transformation, and unity. Coming soon, Hamas. A new revolution, a story of change, a story of hope. Some people have turkey on Thanksgiving, some people have ham ass. I'm Dave Rubin, this is the Rubin Report. It's November 22nd, 2023, it's Thanksgiving. Tomorrow, I hope you will be with friends and family eating some great food, drinking some good wine, and just enjoying yourself and being appreciative for whatever you got. We're going to do a slightly abbreviated show today. It's going to be a Ruben Report community Q&A at rubenreport.locals.com. And a couple stories up top, just sort of general people going crazy about the stuff that they usually go crazy about. And of course, that will involve some politicians and mainstream media people and everything else. So let's just dive right to it so that I can get out there and smoke this turkey because it's going to be like a 12-hour operation for me. Uh, let's start with Morning Joe. This is Joe Scarborough over on the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. He's freaking out because the polls are looking good for Trump and Trump's a mean orange man. He's not a normal candidate. He is running to end American democracy as we know it. He's an authoritarian who a, a court uh, in, in Colorado two days ago ruled that, that he led an insurrection against the United States government. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. So, so if they want to frame it uh, that way, that's fine. If Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here, this authoritarian. It's really that simple. And by the way, Reverend Al, when people go, oh, you can't compare him he to past kidding. Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time. It's and if he is well. voted into office, then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison 
execute a uh, 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 drive from the country. J- just look at his past. Joe, Joe, take a chill pill, man. First off, you're not allowed to just randomly imprison and execute people. So everything you're saying is completely, he will imprison and execute everyone that he's allowed to imprison and execute. Well, you can't just imprison and execute people for no reason. I know you guys would like to imprison him for several sort of farcical reasons and you would love to execute him, right? It was, who was it? Congressman Dan Goldman, who just two or three days ago, Congressman from New York, who said that we have to eliminate uh, President Trump, he said that on your network, by the way. I didn't hear you uh, make any comments about him. Um, but it's all you guys get it. It's all just endless hysteria with these people. All They have nothing that they can sell Biden on, really, although we'll get to their comments on him in just a second. So it's just endless hysteria. Oh my God, Trump's starting to poll well. There's nothing cool about the Democrats anymore. The counterculture thing and the Trump thing obviously is picking up some kind of steam where it just feels like it's moving a little bit. So he must be a fascist and he must be a Nazi and everything else, even though it was you guys that were colluding between the government and tech to silence him. By the way, there was no insurrection. There was no plan to take over the government and everything. It's all bah. But speaking of bah, the woman that he's sitting next to on that show, it blows my mind every time we see one of these clips. Did you know that Joe, Joe Scarborough is married to that woman? They're not just co-hosts. They're also doing it. Probably not. Is that not well, though. I feel like they don't do it well, but they probably occasionally do it. Her name's Mika Brzezinski, and uh, she's freaking out because people have started to notice that something's not right with Joe Biden, and she she can't take it. She can't take you people noticing what's happening. He's brought the Expanded. world together, and the thing is, and this is the most, fr- I'm going to lose it. Literally, I'm going <laughs> to lose it. Like, they bring up his age. You bring up his age, he's 80 years old. He makes jokes about his age, and yet he's working on every level, foreign and domestically. And then you're, you're, are you making the argument? Is one making the argument that, oh, he's 80, therefore a voter is going to vote for Donald Trump? Like, that's wow. the choice? By the way, Donald Trump no. is 77, and, and, yeah. Doesn't make even, any sense. Even when he was in office, he had all, executive time where he just sat off the, the room in the, in the Oval Office, and he would watch cable news <laughs> around the clock, where Biden is working around the clock on foreign policy. First off, put aside anything that they just said right there. What is that clown car of people in those boxes, that gay cowboy and that crazed social justice warrior, the two other people who look like they're going to puke? What is going on over there? It should be studied. It really should. Uh, Mika, Mika, nobody is upset that the guy is 80 or 81. Although as I brought up on the show yesterday, I don't know anyone. I literally do not know one person. And I asked these three guys, does anyone in this room know one person that's 81 still working a full-time job? Obviously such people exist, but I don't know any, they don't know any. Joe Biden is obviously not capable of doing the job. But don't, and by the way, it's not purely because of his age, right? It's the cognitive stuff that is coming along with his age. Because you could be 81 and super fit and super aware and all of those those things, but we know that he is not. Do we have some sort of compilation video of that kind of thing? My God, we do. I, uh, um, anyway, the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. From, from uh, uh, 
Char excuse me, from Charlotte, one another line going from in Florida down to Tampa. Of Putin's kleptocracy, yeah. And 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 Joan Shengang, I'm going to pronounce right. Shanga, $159,000 billion let. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to foot him, uh, foot, foot. The idea that um, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons. One, to... We haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, let uh, me um, say it another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Speaker, come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, here's Joe Biden acting like a creep. And by the way, I like kids better than people. I wish I could stay and watch Wonka with you, but I'm not going to get to do Does he know that kids are a type of people? <laughs> like, I like kids better than people. And do not let your kids watch Willy Wonka or anything else with Joe Biden. Anyway, they're running cover for him. We all know they're running cover for for him, it's just ridiculous. Cringe Jean-Pierre over at the White House, diversity hire cringe Jean-Pierre. She will put Joe Biden against anybody because he's strong and vital. I would put the president's stamina, the president's wisdom, ability to get this done on behalf of, of uh, the American people against anyone, anyone on any day of the week. It's just meaningless dribble, you get it. So before we roll you into Thanksgiving and I get to the community q and I thought we can't just show the nonsense, right? The nonsense, of course, of MSNBC, the nonsense of a, of a crumbling Joe Biden, the obfuscation by his ridiculous press secretary. How about somebody saying, saying something? A lot of people are saying maybe plan B is Gavin Newsom. You are going to sit across from Gavin Newsom a week from this Thursday uh, with the big debate against Sean Hannity. I know in your head, you would like to be the nominee on the Republican side. Gavin Newsom, you know he wants to be the Democrat. Is this a preview of 2024? No question. In your dream sequence? Look, he is, ru he, he is running a shadow campaign. Even people in his own party are saying that. Uh, a lot of Democrats want to move Biden out. Uh, and so, you know, you could have Harris, you could have News, you could have a lot of different people. But I think it's important that Republican voters uh, get get uh, get the sense that that we may not be running against Biden. I think it's worth noting. And the reason I wanted to do all that before Thanksgiving is because we are all going to sit down at a table tomorrow with family and friends and, and newcomers and everything else and politics, you know, just sits there. These days, it's just there. Whether you think it's there or not, everything has become political. That's one of the problems in our society. And you're going to sit there with people that are going to tell you Joe Biden's just fine. They're going to tell you the Democrats are great. They're going to tell all of the nonsense. And you should just be able to cleanly talk to people and tell them the truth. And DeSantis is consistently good at that. And you should be able to tell your relatives and the other people sitting across the table from you 
do you really think it's Joe Biden? Do you really think he's running the show right now? Do you really think he has the stamina to be president? And if if you don't think that, like, do you want Kamala Harris to be president or do you want Gavin Newsom to be president? And what is it that you really think is so evil about Republicans? Do you really think like Joe Scarborough that Donald Trump is a fascist and a racist and a Nazi and he forgot to do all of that stuff the first time around? Do you really think that all the awful things they say about Ron DeSantis are true and of the state of Florida and all that? Like, whether you want to or not, because I know most people, especially now because politics has gotten so crazy, people want to not be involved in politics when it comes to, to sitting down with family. And I'm, I am that way too. I absolutely have that in me too. But we can't work these things out with the very people that you break bread with on the day that you're supposed to be thankful for all of our freedoms. And in some ways we've kind of lost the game already. So, uh, Let's leave it at that. Let me get to a Rubin Report community Q&A. Mary says, do you think it would at all be helpful to take the Federalist Papers, dumb the language down to approximately a sixth to eighth grade level and run them as paid advertisements in newspapers today? Ooh, I love that idea. Yes, I do. Actually, I think you could take the Federalist Papers, explain to people why states' rights are important. I mean, I talk about this all the time, of course, and why local government is way more important than the federal government. And we, we left... England to avoid the king who had autonomous control over everybody and that we broke down this beautiful federalist system so that local control would have far more uh, to do with your life than the federal government and that we've unfortunately in modern times just reversed that so that we, we just outsource so much of the control of our life to the president, which is completely the reverse of what we were trying to do 250 plus years ago. That would be great. I think putting maybe you know, it's, it's funny, you mentioned newspapers. Like, I don't know if that newspapers will get the point across to enough people, but figuring out some campaign to really have people understand what the Constitution is all about, what the Declaration of Independence is all about. These are not very long documents to read, by the way. What the Bill of Rights are all about. Like, could we do some sort of renewal related to that? That would, that would be uh, pretty good. Uh, Crafty says, Dave, will you take your boys somewhere to see the snow slash sled now that they can enjoy it a bit. Yes, absolutely. So David is really big on this. His one thing with Florida right now is that we don't really get seasons, right? We had one day like three weeks ago where we could put hoodies on, but we're obviously not getting snow down here. Uh, he grew up in Maryland, I grew up in New York, so we're used to you know a normal snowy winter and all that. Uh, so now that the boys are more than one, we can start traveling a bit more. So my guess is probably, Maybe next Christmas time we can do something that will get us to a, a colder atmosphere. And uh, yeah, I, I do want them to experience that because as much as I love Florida and I love the heat now and I love sweating, I don't mind it in the summer and all, all the reasons that I'm always telling you I love it down here, there's something about the seasons and, and yeah, they should experience that, of course. Uh, Olaf says, have you ever thought about doing uh, standalone in-depth shows on a single topic like John Stossel has done? If so, what topic comes first to mind? You know, it's a great idea We've kicked around some stuff like this. What Stossel does, and you guys know John Stossel, he was on 2020 for decades. I actually have, believe it or not, I have an Emmy because John Stossel once gave me an Emmy of his. He's won something like 20 Emmys over the years. And uh, his wife is a leftist, or at least was a leftist. And in all the years that he's been a well-known libertarian, he could never get her to watch an interview with Thomas Sowell. But for some reason, because she likes me, she watched my interview with Thomas Sowell 
And then she kind of was like into the ideas. So one day a box just showed up at my house and it was an Emmy from John Stossel with a little note. Thank you for opening my wife's eyes up to the ideas of Thomas Sowell. So that's pretty cool. But what he does, he does more like sort of like mini docs on, you know, here's what's going on at our universities or here's what's happening at our food processing plants or things of that nature. We've thought about doing some things like that and uh, stay tuned for the year 2024. Uh, Stephanie says, why is Thanksgiving your favorite holiday? Yeah, I mentioned that Thanksgiving was my favorite holiday a couple weeks ago. I would say, first off, I just love, especially these days, like just freaking giving thanks for everything. You know, like it all, I know it all feels crazy and they want you to believe this place is racist and whatever. But all of us in the United States of America in 2023, we have so much to be thankful for. And as I always say, maybe it is tenuous that this thing will hold on. And in which case, when we're on the other side of it, we're gonna be pretty freaking pissed that we didn't be more thankful for it and do more to stop the craziness. Um, but this country has given us all so much and the story of all of our families, wherever they came from, and, and that it's, it's so baked in to a day where all of us, doesn't matter what color you are, what religion you are, what sexuality you are, any of that nonsense, like if you can't take a minute, just say it's pretty good today, have some food and look around that table and be like, all right, kind of like some of these people at least, like you got a bigger problem than whatever you think the problem with America is. I would also say, I would put at a close 1A on my favorite holiday list, uh, I do love Passover, you know, Passover of course is, uh, the story of the Hebrews leaving Egypt, and you're not gonna believe where they went. This is thousands of years ago. They went to the promised land. We now know that as Israel. Uh, but it's really the story of freedom and how every generation must fight for freedom. That oppression comes, and it always looks a little bit different, but it has the same markers. And telling that story every year, I think it's actually one of the thing, things that's baked into the code as to why Jews end up sticking around despite uh, a lot of bad guys trying to take them out. Alex says, what is stopping US politicians from speaking like Javier Millet? Uh, well, first off, um, well, we have a Donald Trump, right? So there's one guy that is doing something a little bit more like that. It will be very, very interesting to see if Millet continues to speak the way he has spoken before. You know, he was a TV guy, he was a former soccer player. He's got the crazy hair. Like, can he bring all of those pieces and not be crushed as the globalists and and the, the entire sort of WEF thing is they, they really will start focusing on Argentina, right? Because they're not gonna want Argentina to be a success story. It's not a great thing for them if this libertarian comes in, hacks away at all the agencies. He already got rid of their like feminist diversity department and he's gonna get rid of the education department and all of these things, or at least that's what he says he's gonna do. It will not be a good example if he can get rid of all of that, if he can fix up what's going on with them financially, fire a lot of the civil employees and then have a, a flourishing economy. That will not be good for these people. So I suspect they're gonna try to do some weird things with, uh, with Argentina over the next year or so. Uh, but yes, more plain speaking or somewhat silly over the top, open collar, just let it fly, it would probably be good in politics. Uh, Talway says, I know you're a big tequila guy. How's that going, by the way? Uh, but what are some of your non, uh, what, some of your favorite non-alcoholic drinks, coffee, tea, soda, et cetera? Uh, so first off, our tequila, which I'm not allowed to, we're, the name is in trademark process right now, so I can't tell you the name, uh, but it is being, uh, it is set aside, it is in Mexico, it is in a barrel. Well, it's probably in a couple barrels, I guess. I forget how many we ordered at the beginning, how many cases, 
Um, but we're gonna test it out. We've tried a few things, stay tuned on that. As for non-alcoholic drinks, I mostly drink water. Well, I, coffee in the morning, I have my tequila when I can, and I'm a water guy, but I have got into, I just happen to have one next to me right now. They are not a sponsor of the show. This Spindrift stuff, I, I am freaking addicted to this. I drink like two or, three a day, two, or three, two or three of these a day. It's got four or five calories depending on the flavor, just a tad bit of fruit juice, but there's no sugar, there's no high fructose corn syrup or any of that stuff, and it's pretty good. That's pretty good. That just reminded me of the scene in Seinfeld when Kramer, when he takes the, the drinks the beer, and then he smokes the cigarettes. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it, though. Um, let's see. We can save America. Twenty twenty four. Good name says if we set aside Trump and DeSantis, who would be first, second, and third for president? Wow. If you got rid of the big two right now, I mean, well, look. We, I mean, if you just by conventional how it is, well, all you've got left now, at least running, are Vivek and Nikki, right? Jim Scott's out. Every, every, did the eyebrow guy, did we hear? He dropped. Everybody's out. Everybody's out. So who would I like to see? Like, if you, if you just, if Trump and DeSantis just went on a honeymoon together tomorrow, like, who would I really like to see, like, doing it? And Elon would be interesting. He wasn't born in the United States, so we'd have a problem there. But, like, somebody that has consistently shown they are fighting the right fights would be good. Someone who was a bit younger would be good. Somebody with some business experience perhaps would be good. Um, give me someone who's an, who's an American that would represent that. Like an industry leader. That Dave would, Portnoy. Dave Portnoy, that would be an interesting one. It would be free pizza for everybody. Give me, give me somebody else, who we got? Who do we got? Maybe uh, Jamie Tucker, Jamie Dimon. I'm, I'm gonna do a little thinking on this one. I will get back to you on this. Uh, Lady Broad says, Dave, to date, who are your top three interviews? Well, I always tell people the, the Thomas Sowell one, just if you watch that first minute with him, is the only time I've ever been nervous interviewing anyone ever. I kid you not. I never get nervous if I speak in front of 10,000 people. I, I don't get nervous when I do interviews or any of that. But I was actually, there was something about that day and being with this guy who I knew was a legend and all of it. Maybe it was a little bit about his age. I, I, I don't know, but you can hear it in my voice. I'm a little like choked up at the beginning of it. And he was just absolutely wonderful. And I would say that one because so many people come up to me now and they're like, Dave, I never heard of this guy. Like young, younger generations never heard of the legendary economist Thomas Sowell and his story, his personal story of going from a communist to a capitalist and every, and just the way he speaks and everything else, like the fact that I've been a little bit of that story to, to get his ideas out there is pretty freaking awesome. So I would say that one, you know, any of the times I sat down with Jordan, particularly the early times when we didn't really know each other and we were kind of doing that dance together. And what I felt was like, oh, here's this guy. He's like, he's like this modern prophet saying, saying so many profoundly deep things. And if I can just kind of funnel them into something that's a little more understandable for people. Maybe that would be my job or my usefulness here, and I think I've done that fairly well. Uh, and then, of course, that our that our friendship and our uh, the way we've worked together over the years has really expanded and continues to expand is a beautiful thing. Let me try to think of one that's like a little more outside of that. You know, I sat down with um, Richard Lewis, the comedian, who's one of my favorite stand-up comics of all time. He came to the house when we were in L.A. 
And, uh, and he was just such a sweet, nice guy and he was super funny and just, you know, it's all off the cuff with him and everything else. And, you know, he's known as a big germaphobe. They actually make some jokes about it. He's in Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David and they have some back and forth jokes about being germaphobes. And it's true that he is. So he doesn't like to shake people's hands. He always does sort of a fist bump like that. But at the end of the interview, I was walking him out of the house and I walk him to the front gate uh, and I said, uh, I said, Richard, I just, I just want to thank you. Like, this was such a thrill for me. I'm such a fan. And I, you know, I remember watching your first Young Comedian special. He was on a Young Comedian special, a Rodney Dangerfield Young Comedian special on HBO, I think around 1986 with Jerry Seinfeld. It was both of their first TV debuts, if I'm not mistaken. I said, telling him all this stuff. And he, he put his hand on my face like this. He just like his like soft hand, he put on my face like this. And he's like, thank you, you're, you're really great. You're really great. And I was just like, what a nice little moment. What a nice little moment. Uh, let's see. Um, Lauren says, did you have a favorite toy and do you still have it? Well, my easy answer would be Soundwave that I have over here. We, we had Soundwave, but we busted him out on the show the other day. Soundwave, of course, Decepticon, Transformer. Got him for my birthday, I think in 1984. So I was nine years old. Uh, I remember a few days before my birthday going to Toys R Us and they were literally opening up the crates in front of the Transformers aisle and like begging my parents, can we just buy it? My birthday's next week. I don't have to open it yet. You just hide it from me. And they did and they hid it from me and I didn't see it till my birthday, but I remember opening them up that morning. Um, what else on, on the toy department? You know, I've still got, I don't know if this quite counts as toy, but I still got my original 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System upstairs and it still works. You got to blow in there. And I, years ago, it wasn't working at all. And I watched a YouTube video and I took it apart and I fiddled with all the widgets and I got, I got like a little, uh, what do you call it? A little blower, little, you have one of those things, a little air blower. And I had to, you know, get all the dust out of there and that thing's still humming. So there you go. Harrison says, uh, what are your thoughts, strong and weak positions on the top three candidates. All right, so top three candidates, uh, we got obviously Trump, DeSantis, and should we say Vicky? Uh, Vicky. Mickey, we can combine Mickey and Vivek into Vicky. Um, all right, well, I'll, do, I'll try to do them all real quick. So Trump, what's the strongest point? He's Trump, he is a force of nature. There is nothing like him, the, the, the reactions he causes both ways, that is his strength. It's an unbelievably, um, it's it's like ubiquitous. It's it's everywhere and everything all the time with Trump. That is absolutely his strength. I would also, and then I guess his weak. You could probably argue that's his weakness too. But I would say his weakness is his inability to control some of his impulses. So so many of the people who have been part of what he has done have turned on him, or he turns on them. And ultimately, over time, one of one of my biggest fears with him will be that if he became president again, that he will just have no one good working for him and we will just have traitors on the inside and it will just be four disastrous years. That'll be him. DeSantis, the strength, the strength is the clarity and the operational success, right? I don't know that there's ever been a politician in our time that has just said, I am gonna do these things, he has done these things and he's clear about it, he picks the right fights and he accomplishes all of the, all of the things he sets out to do. Sets out to do. The weakness, I suppose, and people ask me this, like what is the weakness? The weakness, I guess, maybe I'll do it in two ways with him. One would be, he's not the most off the cuff thing. So the thing that people love about Trump, DeSantis doesn't really have that. So at debates, it's just like, he's giving you standard stuff. He's giving you red meat stuff. He doesn't, you don't walk out of a debate going, oh my God, I'm so moved by any of that. Um, and I guess you can make an argument. And if, if the polls mean anything, I guess you could make an argument that as a campaigner, it has not translated. 
that might be more to do with Trump's strength, which is just the, the sheer sort of volume of Trump that would sort of have made it impossible for anybody. Nikki, the strength, the strength with Nikki, I think the strength with her seems to be just like, there's like a, she has sort of like an inner strength, something like that. Like she really seems to know, ah, is that really right with her? Let me think for a second. What is the strength with her? You know what? The strength with her is she was a damn good governor in South Carolina. Nobody gives her any any crap for that. She did a lot of good there, turned it into a really strong state. And she was an except, here's a better one. She was an exceptionally good uh, U.S. ambassador at the U.N. She, the U.N. is one of the most rat-infested, corrupt organizations in the history of humanity. And she went in there under the Trump administration and fought for American values every single day and did it with grace and dignity and all that. So I would say that is her strength. Her strength is that I don't think she would fear going into meetings with Xi Jinping or going into meetings with Kim Jong-un or anyone else and, and operating from a place of weakness. I think that is where she probably shines. Her weakness, her weakness I suppose is like a blanket weakness with her. I'm trying to think like, there, there's something that feels too old school about the campaign or something. Like there's just no like magic to it or zazz to it or something like that, right? Yeah, it just feels like a little added. Well, yeah, I guess the weakness is some of the, the foreign policy stuff, something like that. Uh, Vivek, the strength, obviously. The strength is off the cuff, go into a debate, you're a sellout, you're a liar, blah, blah, blah. And I would also say that's his weakness because there's a way to do that really effectively and he at times can do it incredibly effectively and to open up that debate basically saying to the moderator, you guys push the Russia collusion hoax, like do you think it was real, yes or no? It's like really great and then a minute later, he insults everybody on the stage and then says we shouldn't insult each other. He's, he's just trying to do a lot of things at once and, as, and actually in his defense, as he would say, he's only 38 years old, so maybe he just has to work on that a bit more. Uh, next up, Elizabeth says, does Clyde have a favorite between the two boys? Uh, well, Justin is way more into pulling Clyde's ears and poking him at all times and constantly chasing him around the couch. So my suspicion is that he's a little more into Luke these days who just lets him uh, chill out, but we will see as time goes by. But it's really been nice to see that Clyde, Clyde's big and strong and everything else. He has very little aggression in him. He's definitely not an alpha dog, um, but obviously a dog just could accidentally, when they're playing around, could swipe you or nibble at you or whatever. And he's just been absolutely, absolutely great with them. And actually, if one, like if I, you know, if I'm doing something for a minute in the kitchen and Justin wanders off into the dining room or something, and the next thing I hear him crying, Clyde immediately runs over there or sometimes he'll even run to me to imply like, go go do something about that. So it's been pretty great. Uh, Mitchell says, other than the obvious, the boys and David, what is Dave Rubin thankful for this Thanksgiving season? It will sound corny, but I am thankful for you guys, truly. I wake up every day, I am doing what I'm supposed to do. I feel like it's relevant and important. I think in the last uh, seven or so weeks in light of world events, I, I've never felt better in terms of what I am doing, not necessarily the content specifically, because obviously it can be really tough and emotionally draining, and especially those first few weeks, you know, when we were covering some of the awful stuff around kidnapped babies and all that stuff, and the boys were sick with COVID, so I'm in here talking about that stuff, and then I'm sleeping on the floor with Luke as he's coughing up, and it, it, that's all crazy, but I, I get to do what I want to do with great people, and uh, and my day is never, the day never ends and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I didn't want to do that. 
you know, some days the show is awesome and we knock it out of the park and we all know it. Every now and again, it's not. And we know that too, but like the, the, the general direction of everything we're doing, I think is very much in line with something that I would have dreamed about a long time ago. And so the point is I'm appreciative for you guys who tune in and allow us to do this. And especially those of you who support us on locals and keep us independent so I can just say what I think and we see what happens. Uh, Kelly says, is there a holiday tradition that you grew up doing with your family that you wanna make sure to continue with the boys and hopefully they'll continue with their families? Yes, many, many families do this. So this definitely wasn't born out of my family, but especially on Thanksgiving. Uh, but you should try this on other holidays as well. Like, what are you thankful for? Go around the table and everybody say something. And it's not easy for everybody and it can be emotional sometimes. Somebody, sometimes somebody's sick, somebody just lost a family member or the whole family just lost somebody or somebody's out of work or all the COVID craziness, whatever it might be. But taking one minute to think, like, what am I actually thankful for this year? And I have an awful lot to be thankful for this year. So we, we will definitely be doing that tomorrow. Uh, Joe says, what's the plan for the turkey this year? I will be getting to it in a couple hours. I have a 17 pound regeneratively farmed turkey. You can Google whatever the hell that means. It was very expensive. Uh, and I'm doing all sorts of, of herbs and I'm gonna do a really nice rub all over that thing. And then when I'm throwing it in the big green egg, 17 pounds, I think it's gonna be about 10 hours, maybe even more, 12 hours. I, I got a lot of work to do, but I'll post some pictures in the locals community. And then we're very blessed. David's family's here, they're great chefs. We're gonna have a beautiful, beautiful meal as I hope you guys will as well. Uh, Rachel says, I'd like to know about your sense of style. I love how you dress and that you appreciate the formal look. And I'm wondering if you've always been like that. Uh, also as a teenager and younger person, or did this come at a certain point? Uh, well, first off, uh, this today's clothing, uh, this is a Zara jacket, probably cost $60, I don't wanna brag. And uh, this shirt, I, I got this at Nordstrom, but I think it was a bit of a pricier shirt. Um, but I do think to do a show like this, that I should dress a certain way. You know, it's interesting, because when we were in London, and we did a couple shows out there. I was wearing the full suit and I uh, you know, had the tie on and everything and, and the dress shoes and all that. And I, there is a professionalism that comes with that. So for me, when I do this show, this is a little more casual, obviously, if I'm not wearing a tie and I am wearing jeans right now. Yes, I'm wearing pants. Um, but if I'm gonna communicate the day's news to you in a, in a somewhat, and I do it obviously in a silly way when I'm most happy and doing it the way I wanna do it, but I can't, I can't always be silly. Um, but we're talking about some serious stuff, so I should basically look the part. Um, you know, I, there are plenty of other guys that do these types of shows that are doing it in t-shirts and everything, and teach his own, all that. Um, I would say in the last couple of years, my style has definitely got better in the last, well, Phoenix's fiance has, has upped the level of the style and changed my hairstyle a little bit and some other things. Um, I would say, Clothing wise, well, another piece would be Jordan, right? Like part of the stand up straight with your shoulders back and how do you want to present yourself to the world? Um, and actually I wrote about this in the last book, like even, even these days, like if I go out just to go to the grocery store or whatever, like I know that people know who I am. So like I try not to just show up in a ratty shirt. Not that I can't be seen in a ratty shirt, but you try to just put your, put your best self out there. It's like on airplanes. That's the one it, when it always hits me. Like I always try to dress decently, especially for, for a flight. Not necessarily because I'm going to be recognized, but when you see all these people get on planes, they got dirty ass sweatpants and they're wearing their Crocs, which is just the worst on a plane. 
and you know, head bones blasting and like, you know, and just sloppy, gross. And you're like, like, what are you saying to the world? And then you look back at what people were wearing on airplanes in the 1960s and everyone's in a nice suit, looks good, or how they used to go to the theater. And that's very different now or all that. Like, I think if you just dress up, if you dress the part, you might start uh, living the part. How about that? Guys, I want to thank you for watching. I am thankful for you. There is no post-game show today because I'm letting these fine people, you, you're all going to leave. You're going to leave me now and go with your families, eat turkey and other stuff. Okay, fine. Uh, but I do thank you all for watching. I am thankful for you. So no post-game show. And of course, we are off for Thanksgiving and Friday. Uh, so we will be back on Monday. And are we leaving them with this cold close? It sort of is irrelevant largely, but... America, what are you going to do? And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubenreport.locals.com.